where we promulgate that your physical, psychological, and financial health are your true sources of wealth that must be safeguarded and optimized to achieve long-lasting happiness. Here, we'll discuss tactics on how you may self-actualize to reach the pinnacle of authentic masculinity by embracing true libertarian principles, arming yourself with red pill knowledge, as well as implementing the most up-to-date holistic health biohacks to optimize your health. Stop being a blue pill sheep, being led to slaughter by big government and the court system. Become an awakened man. Here's your host, Gregory. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of The Awakened Man. I hope you're doing well today. Today, we're going to talk about a new study, which is not super new and not super shocking, but that Americans and people in the West are the most depressed that they've been in quite some time. So let's just get to it. I'll be gleaning off natural news. A newly released Gallup poll found that the percentage of American adults who report that they've received a diagnosis of depression at some time in their life has hit 29%. This is a full 10 percentage points greater than the 2015 figure. Meanwhile, the percentage of Americans who report either being treated for depression in the past year or currently receiving treatment has risen to 17.8%, marking a rise of 7 points in the same time period. The poll involved more than 5,000 American adults. It was conducted during the last week of February. It is part of the ongoing Gallup National Health and Wellbeing Index. Gallup reports that these are the biggest rates on record since they started this particular measure of depression among Americans. Certain groups are experiencing depression at higher rates. For example, women are more likely to be diagnosed with depression than men, with 36% of women reporting receiving depression diagnosis at some point in their life versus just 20% of men. The rate of depression among women has climbed at nearly double the rate seen in men. This may be due at least to the part that women tend to be more proactive in seeking treatment for mental health issues than men. Women have historically reported significantly greater rates of depression than men, but the gap has grown bigger since the pandemic. This may be attributed to the number of women who've had to leave the workforce to take care of children who were unable to go to school during the pandemic. (laughs) Yeah, because I think a lot of people realized that schools are daycare. And so when they couldn't take their kids to school, they're like, oh my God, I got to be around my kid all day? All day? I think... A lot of people went through depression and then they're like, God, have some gratitude toward teachers, please. Have some gratitude. It's also worth noting that women accounted for more than three-fourths of the workers in healthcare in 2019, which meant they were more likely to be exposed to psychological and emotional toll of the pandemic, including, including maybe being forced to take the devil serum without their consent that they were going to get fired. It also appears that young people are struggling with individuals between the ages of 18 and 44 experiencing higher rates of depression diagnosis than people who are older than 44. I like how they think that people in their 30s and 40s are young people. Gallup notes that young adults are also more likely to report loneliness and tend to need more social time than older people. They're also more likely to lose their jobs during the pandemic. Meanwhile, Hispanic and black adults are seeing depression rates climb quickly and they now exceed the depression rates noted in white respondents. So Hispanics or blacks are more depressed than whites. While 29% of white adults reported being diagnosed with depression during their lifetime, 
the figure for black and Hispanics are 34 and 31 percent. That's interesting because historically blacks and Hispanics go to doctors less. But again, this is a poll of 5,000 people. The pandemic is undoubtedly to blame for much of the rising depression in the U.S. Although clinical depression was already climbing before it hit, it spiked in the aftermath of the pandemic. Fears of infection and psychological effects of social isolation have played a certain role as of psychological exhaustion and increases in substance abuse. The problem is not unique to the United States, with four out of every 10 adults around the world aged 15 and above reporting that they've either experienced notable anxiety or depression or have a family member or close friend who does. Past research from Gallup found that 22% of adults in North America have had anxiety or depression that is so strong that it rendered them unable to conduct their regular daily activities for a period of two weeks or longer. The global rate is 19%. Okay, I think there's a lot to unpack here because I did an episode not that long ago where I talked about how I think that we are in a collective depression and I didn't necessarily connect it to COVID because I think with most people, COVID is something that is really no longer in their memory. (laughs) I have a teacher friend who made me laugh. They had to do uh, teaching. They are virtual teachers. And so they have to do the state testing uh, in, in April and May. And so they had to test these kids who were at a virtual school. And they told me that a lot of these kids were still coming in with masks on. And I'm like, what? no one's wearing masks anymore, pretty much day in, day out. But I think there's a certain segment of people. And in, North, and in this case, it's, their, it's the parents who still think like that dude, remember that dude they found in the Pacific Ocean that was a Japanese soldier in 1979 and they found him and he still thought World War II was going on. And I think it was kind of like, there's still some people who are still so frightened by the pandemic that like when when their kids came to testing, they were still wearing masks and like nobody's really worried about COVID. But I certainly would agree and, and the studies have definitely demonstrated this, that COVID did increase anxiety. No one can deny that. No one can deny that. You look at the teenagers taking them away from school. Yes, there's a segment of them who are getting bullied and wanted to be out of school. But as a whole, the majority of kids, you take them away from from their friends, from their routine. They're not going to handle it while being stuck at home. Plus the fears of getting sick, even though we knew kids were not going to get sick from COVID. Then you have adults who are working and then they're stuck at home. And we talked about it in COVID. We did five or six episodes during COVID, COVID, COVID tide about COVID, how a lot of marriages were struggling because now the, the, the adults had to be with each other day in, day out in this boiler room of like whatever issues that they were having were now many times exaggerated or exacerbated because now they were stuck at home all the time. They were stuck at home and they didn't want to be stuck at home. They didn't want to be stuck at home. They wanted to be out and about. And now you're stuck with somebody and you're like, I don't want to be with this person. So that led to some issues as well. So I think that's some of it, but I think we have to look more at the macrocosmic. So if you look at the study, it's like, have they ever been diagnosed Have they ever received medications for it? But look, a lot of people go to their family doc. 
and they're just kind of sad and then like oh my dog died or i'm not feeling right and so the doctors of course because this is their modus operandi for treating anything is to give them a drug were they really depressed well if you look at the if you look at the dsm the diagnostical statistical manual for mental health disorders there is a criteria for depression but that in itself is very subjective you feel down for two weeks sustained downness for two weeks you're eating too much or you're eating too little you're sleeping too much you're sleeping too little you don't take pleasure in what things you used to take pleasure in i mean these are very vague they're very vague so i think that there are people that are depressed but I also, I also think it's just like, it's the world that we live in. If you look at our ancestors, our ancestors were eking out a subsistence lifestyle and didn't have time to have social phobia and all these oppositional defiance disorder and even depression. They were dealing with life. And I think also they had, obviously, less screens, which we know repeatedly, every study says, the more time you spend on screens, the more depression, in particular social media. The more depressed you have, more eating disorders, more suicidal ideation, more anxiety. We know this. So if you look at like 500 years ago, even 100 years ago, our family lived in the same town. We weren't, we didn't move to different parts of the country. We had larger friend networks. We were more active in church. So we had church friends. We had work friends. We had neighborhood friends. Your neighbors you'd actually talk to and hang out with instead of being suspicious of we just had a bigger group to interact with and we are social creatures as i talk about all the time we are social creatures and we need to be socializing and when we're not we get depressed or we're more likely to be depressed and no talking to some dude on the other side of the country when you're gaming is not the same thing as quote a friend if we talked about like the the more friends you have on Facebook, the likely less friends you have in real life. And I think you also look at, I would agree, I think Americans are depressed. And I've talked about that episode we did uh, maybe three, four weeks ago on how America's in a collective depression. If you look at objective indicators, this is the, the, the time we've been on the most psychiatric drugs. Now, of course, Big Pharma's pushing this through the doctors all the time through the commercials. So that's not that big of a shock. Alcohol consumption's up, recreational drug consumption's up, Obesity is a major problem because we're trying to feed the pain, numb the pain, numb the stress, numb the depression, and all these things like that. So I agree. We are depressed. What can we do about it? Well, we need to break the habits that we have right now because obviously they're not working. They're not working. So what are some things I think are good? Join groups. I think that helps. I think that return to religion i know this is so unpopular given that we're becoming less and less spiritual but having a meaning in life having a relationship with god does give suffering some perspective it does give suffering in the christian world we have the idea of redemptive suffering right you anytime you're suffering from something you offer it up to Christ to get closer to the suffering Christ did. And you also understand that suffering has a, a purpose and a greater meaning. And lots of times when we suffer, we don't realize that the suffering in the long run is actually going to bring us greater wisdom and greater insight. But at the time, we don't see it. Think about divorce, right? At the time of divorce, typically men are divorced upon and, and they were surprised they didn't see it coming. But in the long run, five years later, they're in a better place most of the time. So... I think that a return to religion would help. And obviously, shutting off the screens would help too. It's all about 
not doing things that you think were working in the past, which you're not. So if you do have a history of depression, stop doing everything you're doing. There's like that episode of Seinfeld where George starts doing the opposite of everything he was doing before. And this is what you need to do. So if you are big on screens, big on gaming, don't have a lot of friends, well, obviously rectify this. Change this to go out of your comfort zone to find friends. Also, get exercise, get sunlight with summer here. Get sunlight. We know that sunlight's connected to depression. We know that's what they had sanitariums in the old day. That's just being in the sun. We know that. Work on your microbiome. Work on your, your gut health. So important. There's a lot of things we can do that don't rely on big pharma medications to, quote, solve the problem. And that's what naturopathy is all about. We want complementary medicine. Of course, we, we need medications and surgery and typical allopathic medicine when we have acute traumatic bad things happen like a, a, a heart attack or a stabbing. But there's always a place for naturopathic stuff, especially for the prevention of disease and for the, the, the treatment of mild problems. So we look at clinical nutrition, good eating, your microbiome. We look at good sleep. We look at botanical science. You know, all these things that are just largely forgotten about that really can make a difference. So in closing, yes. Do I agree with this research study coming out of Gallup? Of course. I think the large majority of Americans are depressed. You see a lot of people on psychiatric drugs who don't even read the inserts and understand all the side effects are going to come from being on these medications, which we've talked about in the past. And I would tell you, if you have severe depression, severe depression, definitely seek a mental health provider. If you're in mild depression, there's a lot of ways to biohack it, guys, because you don't necessarily want to be on these drugs for the rest of your life. You just don't want that because it is something that it's another monkey on your back. And obviously, if you're drinking too much, we know that it's 10 drinks a week for women, 14 drinks a week for men. That's what the government considers to be alcohol dependence. Work on not drinking as much. Work on not smoking. Get off the marijuana. We just had an episode on all the, the true side effects of marijuana. There are things out there that we can do, but lots of times, I get it. Maybe you're depressed and you're like, I don't want to do it. I'm too depressed. I'm too sad. I don't want to. But look, I mean, what, what's the other option? What's the other option? We, we have to pull ourselves up off the, the bootstrap, so to speak, and work on improving ourselves. And if we just have like a loser quitter mentality, of course, five years now from now, we're going to be more drug addled, more overweight and so forth. So we got to snap out of it, as Cher tells Nicolas Cage in the classic 80s movie when he slaps her moon, uh, moonstruck. So guys, here's just some advice. As always, please work on yourself, elevate yourself, awaken yourself, optimize yourself. Guys, if you have not done so already, please rate and review on Apple or Spotify. It helps with the algorithm. There's two links in the episode notes. One's for PayPal to make a donation. And the other one is a, a link to the website, which hosts all the different episodes that we have here in different feeds. Of course, we have the Cinema Rag, which is my movie one. I think there's like 110 episodes by the time this comes up. Check that out if you like movies. And lastly, take care. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Awakened Man podcast. Find us on Facebook at the Awakened Man podcast page. Subscribe and post an honest review on Apple Podcasts and consider donating to our crowdfunding account. And remember, freedom is better than needle. Until next time.